An entitled customer freaks out at Home Depot, demanding 90% off after he claims he had to wait an hour just to be seen. Things got so bad that my manager even blamed me and my other coworker for this angry, entitled customer getting upset with us in the first place. And I've honestly never been happier to quit a job in my life. Here's what happened. So this story takes place when I worked at Home Depot. I was again stationed at checkout when I hear the tapping of a cane on the floor. Confused, I turn around and I I see this elderly man, our angry customer of the day, walking in and directly approaches me a bit aggressively before demanding that I find a type of screw that he needs. I apologize and tell him that it's not in my department, but I'll call for Darcy from Hardware to help him find it. He thankfully accepts that and shuffles away to look at the power drills while I try to contact Darcy via the store department phone. I call him up and I say, I've got a customer up at checkout who's asking for a type of screw and is asking for an associate to help him out. So Darcy says, I'm just finishing my break, so it'll take me a minute to get up there. And so, trying to keep this angry customer in the loop, I relay this information to him. But he just lets out a grumpy sigh, but nods and takes a seat in the open space on one of the display shelves. Not even two minutes later, after this entitled customer sat down, he starts complaining that it's taking too long, and he just wants his screws. Which I apologized to him, and told him Darcy is on his way back from his break, and is coming to help as quickly as he can. Mind you, Darcy is also elderly, so he's doing the best that he can. The customer just lets out a frustrated groan and waves me away. Now, of course, I'm the only cashier at checkout, so I'm not too far away. And so I try to keep a lookout for Darcy, all the way up until I do see him approaching us. And as he was just about to reach us, two women stop him to ask him about some kind of plumbing question they had. So as Darcy was offering to call plumbing to help out the ladies, the entitled angry customer just so happened to look up and ask angrily, is this the guy that's supposed to be helping me? And this customer said this, all before just getting up and shuffling his way over to Darcy, all while screaming at the top of his lungs. He said, hey, hey, I was here first. You're supposed to be helping me, not them. Darcy calmly assured the entitled customer that he's just going to make a quick phone call and he'll be right back to help out the customer. But instead, this entitled angry customer gets all up in Darcy's face and starts yelling at him. Now, I became nervous in case it escalates so I go to call for a manager because this guy was now waving his cane around and pointing at the ladies who have now backed up to keep from getting hit by this weird guy's cane but this entitled customer doesn't stop here as he makes the biggest scene I've ever seen in my entire time of working at Home Depot and I honestly could not be more shocked he goes on to scream I was here first I had you called up here so you can help me not so you can just talk to these women and ignore me I've been waiting for an hour for you to get up here. Which, by the way, that's a complete lie. It's literally only been five minutes. Now, Darcy was trying to stay calm himself, but had to raise his voice to be heard over this entitled customer screaming at him. He went on to explain, I said to wait a minute and I'll be right with you. I just have to make a quick phone call. Luckily, Maddie from the pro desk ended up running over and breaking up the fight, but the entitled customer ended up yelling at her for a little bit. Luckily, she remained calm and helped the entitled customer go find the screws that he was looking for. All the while, Darcy ended up helping the ladies instead, to keep things from getting any worse. So Maddie finishes up with the angry customer, and he walks over to checkout, where I'm still shaken up a little bit, but in my professional tone, 
I help him check out his things. As I'm going to give the entitled customer his total, he stops me and says something to me that I honestly never expected. I want 90% off all my items. I looked at him and I said, I'm sorry, what did you say? He said, I said, I want 90% off of my items. And when he said this, I was honestly taken aback. I said to him, I'm sorry, but 10% is the most I can do. And clearly that was the wrong thing to say because this entitled customer was now staring me down. He said, we'll get someone over here with higher authority. Get me a manager right now. You know what? You could even get me the store owner. So I quickly go and ask for any available manager on duty to come to checkout to assist a customer. Jamie just so happened to come by and the angry customer immediately screeches at Jamie in their still rude tone, by the way. Are you the manager or the store owner? Jamie in a calm voice says, no, I'm not the owner, but I am a manager. How may I help you? I had moved far enough away to not try and provoke the angry customer any further, but I could hear this guy still saying that the workers that worked here were being very, very disrespectful to him and that he wanted them fired. Jamie then asked for clarification, trying to figure out which associate he was talking about. And that's when the entitled customer started screaming, him, that's him right there, pointing at Darcy across the store. He needs to show me some respect. I've been waiting for an hour on him and he instead helped them instead. I walked up to him to tell him that he's supposed to help me first, but instead he started yelling at me. I want compensation for the rude treatment. Darcy clearly hears this angry customer and was also glaring at this customer angrily, but still staying professional, continued to assist the ladies. I have since turned my focus to the gift cards and sorting the snacks on the shelves. Jamie then says, okay, sir, I'm sorry that you were given poor treatment. What would you like as compensation? And that's when the entitled customer shouts again and says, I want 90% off all my items. And then my manager does something that seriously blew my mind and made me not regret quitting this job later on. Jamie actually says, okay, 90% off of all your items. I can easily do this. Also, here's my personal number. If it's not the screw that you need, just give me a call and I'll personally make sure that you get the correct items that you need. Have a good day. The angry customer snatches all his items, all before giving Darcy one last glare before shuffling out of the building. Now, maybe it's just me, but I don't think he should have just made a fuss over having to wait for a few extra minutes. Then again, this angry customer might have had a bad day before entering the store, and being forced to wait was the last straw that broke the camel's back. But again, who knows? But in my opinion, to demand 90% off of all the items seemed a bit much, not to mention the fact that he was yelling at us, especially towards the ladies who had nothing to do with it, as well as at me for not being able to give him the 90% off. It all just seems a bit extreme. And then the fact that Jamie actually gave it to him as well was just literally ridiculous. Right after the entitled customer walked out, I turned to Jamie and was about to say that the entitled customer hadn't been waiting for an hour, nor did Darcy yell at the customer or said anything disrespectful at all. But the only thing Jamie said was, go back to your checkout, which I hadn't even moved an inch away from it. Jamie pulled Darcy aside and spoke to him before calling me to his back office and telling me I handled the situation all wrong, as well as not stepping in to stop the yelling from disrupting the peace of the other shoppers. There wasn't even any other shoppers in the store. And how on earth could I have stepped in? I'm a cashier, not security, which I don't know why security didn't step in to stop the yelling customer like Maddie did. And she's just the pro desk associate. Jamie gave me and Darcy a write-up for having poor performance towards a customer. And we were then given a few online trainings on how to handle a rowdy customer. Maddie was fine, but when she found out about me and Darcy, she was not happy and went to explain to Jamie, including telling him to check the 
cameras to see who started the argument, but Jamie ignored her and reported it as me and Darcy not handling things in a professional manner, as well as letting things get out of hand. The store manager wasn't any better herself. She just nodded when told what happened and turned and walked away. So who truly was in the wrong? Did Darcy and I seriously overreact when it comes to this customer? Or is my manager just a complete moron? Needless to say, and just like I mentioned, I was so relieved and incredibly happy when I finally did quit that store. This story is insane, not just because of the entitled customer, but also because of the horrible manager that gave them 90% off and then blamed his employees, claiming that they were out of line. When in reality, Jamie needs to take a management course because I don't think they know what they're doing. Because I know for a fact if I was the manager in this situation, I would have told that customer to go pound sand and that there's no way you're getting 90% off. And in fact, if you keep yelling at me, you're going to be asked to leave the store and I could care less if you ever come back. Because that type of obnoxious behavior is honestly completely unacceptable. Because this leans on the idea that the customer's always right and that mentality seriously went away like 50 years ago. Because in my opinion, from my experience in my life, the customer is never right. They don't know what they want, but instead, especially if you're an entitled piece of garbage like this guy in the story, you'll say and do whatever it takes just to try and get a deal. And it's seriously disgusting that Jamie would throw his co-workers under the bus, all under the assumption that they did something wrong, which guess what? Neither of them did. So I'm super glad that the original poster got out of that store, because that sounds like a super toxic work environment, and I don't blame them for leaving. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. My entitled manager basically tries to get me fired after I take a month off from work simply because I injured my knee, but I decided to get malicious, and as a result, I got them all back in a spectacular fashion. Here's what happened. So this happened in the UK about 12 years ago when I worked as a customer assistant in a large well-known retail store. It's nothing big, but at the time, I thought, okay, if that's how it's going to be, then let's play this game. So I'd been working for the company for three years and had not taken a single day off for sickness since I had started working there. If I was feeling a little bit under the weather, I'd just go in and work through it while taking any medication that I might need. Now with that little bit of information in mind, here's what happened for me. I had been playing football with friends on a weekend when I got tackled and felt a shooting pain in my knee. And I mean, this is instant excruciating pain. I went to the hospital and I got an x-ray, but nothing of concern was visible. So there was no broken bones, thankfully. I received painkillers and was referred for an MRI as I was still in a lot of pain. The MRI results showed that I had a partial tear of my ACL and I would need time to recover. Initially, I had notified my manager that I had been injured and that I would not be coming into work. After a week of absence, I provided a doctor's note as required, which signed me off from work for three more weeks. A month after the injury took place, I was able to hobble around and was going stir crazy at home. My colleagues were keeping me up to date on what was happening at work. I was aware that my manager was getting some heat from the senior managers for a member of the team having an extended absence. So I decided to go back into work. The first day back, I'm informed that there will be a meeting for my absence. So I attend the meeting with a union representative and go over the absence and the reason for it. I explained everything that happened, but it seemed like my manager was not actually listening. She was just giving me a chance to have my say, but she already knew the decision that she was making. The manager then takes some time out to make an informed decision on the outcome of this meeting. She comes back and tells me that because I have reached the trigger point for absences, she will have to give me a written warning. I felt betrayed 
betrayed and appalled at how I was being treated, especially after all I've put into the company. I also found out that the union representative that I had reached to support me was intentionally being unhelpful because she was friends with my manager. So that's when I had just about enough and I started my malicious compliance. I had seven days to make an appeal against the decision. So I started looking into the company's attendance policy. The first thing I noticed was that the trigger point is to trigger a meeting to review the absences and not hand out written warnings like the manager had stated in the meeting. I also realized that employees cannot receive a formal warning for their first absence. It must be an informal verbal warning first because the manager has to personally tell you about the attendance policy at that initial meeting and keep a record of it in order to escalate. Then I went through the rest of the policy and found a loophole, which meant I could take three days off sick every three months without triggering any kind of attendance meeting. So I made my appeal and the initial decision was overturned. So no written warning was on the record. Then every three months, I would take three days off. This ended up giving me 12 extra holiday days per year. So in the end, they could have just let me have the one month off of absence and return to work as normal. But instead, I'm going to be absent 12 extra days a year simply because this company does not care about their employees. How ridiculous is that? Despite the fact that the original poster had a doctor's note, their jerk of a manager decided to try and pull a fast one just to get them in trouble. And not to mention the union representative was obviously on the manager's side. Like they're not going to ever say it, but that's clearly where they were standing. And that's not fair for the person that's supposed to be represented by the union. Like, come on, you're supposed to be on their side. What are you doing? You would think when it counts, they would actually try to do their job, but clearly they had nefarious motives. So you know what? Good for the original poster. If I was in their shoes and I could take off 12 days out of the year just to spite this company, you better believe I would do the exact same thing because the way they went after this person is completely unacceptable, especially when you consider the fact that they have proof from a doctor that yes, they did mess up their ACL, which by the way, is not a fun injury and it really could take you out for a month if it was that bad. So hopefully in the future, this company learned some manners and they learned to not try and turn things on a good employee because as a result, they just lost this employee for 12 days out of the year, all because they couldn't be more understanding and essentially tried to ruin this person's career at this company. Today, I messed up by going to someone's apartment on the first date and as a result, she gave me an ultimatum stating that she would never marry me if I didn't join her religion and I seriously am so glad that I dodged this red flag. Here's what happened. So a few weeks ago, I matched with a girl who I'll refer to as Amy on a dating app. We hit it off well and soon moved to texting each other. After some spicy text messages between the two of us, we planned a date for the coming weekend that included dinner and spending the night together, doing all the things that we had talked about, if you know what I mean. Prior to the date, we had a discussion about things that were important to us in a relationship. Amy told me that she was okay with me being non-religious and her being Jewish, but she did want me to respect her religion and take some kind of interest in it. However, she did not expect me to convert to her religion, so I said that I think that's completely reasonable. Well, the day of the date comes around, and I meet up with her, and we go to her apartment, where I'm immediately greeted by her Yorkie dog. And by greeted, I mean that the thing would not stop charging me and barking at me. This continued throughout the entire time I was there, and would get even more intense anytime I got up to move. All was going fine until after dinner. We decided to play Mario Kart, and after Amy realized I was really good at it, she demanded I unlock all the tracks for her, while she sat back and just watched me. When I said no because I didn't want to sit there and awkwardly play video games by myself, she proceeded to have what felt like the beginning of a minor meltdown literally 
completely out of nowhere. A little while after Amy composed herself, she brought up the topic of her religion again. It was then that she dropped the ultimatum that I needed to join her religion or else she wouldn't marry me. Mind you, this is the first date. Amy then began to tell me that she believed interfaith marriages were basically a really bad thing. And mind you, this is entirely contradictory to what she had told me before the date even started. And needless to say, when she started acting like this, I was pretty done. At this point though, it was already past one in the morning. So I decided to stay and leave immediately in the morning because I wasn't comfortable driving around that late at night. So bedtime comes and I go into her room to find out that it reeks of dog urine and perfume. It turns out she's too lazy to take her crazy Yorkie on walks. So she literally just lets it go to the bathroom on puppy pads and covers up the stench with perfume. So I go to bed, disappointed that nothing went as planned for that night. The next morning, which also happens to be my birthday, I wake up at around 8 o'clock in the morning. She is still fast asleep, but I can't get up or else the dog will go nuts. Amy then proceeds to sleep in until 11 o'clock in the morning. So I'm laying there for hours, unable to move. I'm hungry and I need to use the bathroom. As soon as she gets up, I start packing up my stuff and I get out of there as quick as I can, but not before this stupid dog bites me on the upper calf. I get home and I check my dating profile just to see that she unmatched me, which is honestly no major loss there. We had discussed ghosting before the date and she was complaining about how it always happens to her and based on the way she's acting, it's honestly no surprise. So I decided to do the right thing and text her to let her know this isn't going to work out. She then texts me back and has the audacity to imply that I'm the issue for things not working out, which is hilarious because she seriously wanted me to convert to her religion on the first date or else we weren't going to get married, which by the way, why would I do that so quickly? So here I am on my birthday, reeking of whatever perfume she had sprayed all over her bed, nursing a dog bite on my leg, and not having the night I expected. So what's the moral of this story? Never go to somebody's home on a first date. At the very least, my birthday improved after that. I invited my best friend over, where we laughed over my crazy first date story, and ate some chocolate cake. Thankful that things didn't work out with this crazy lady. Yeah, I can completely understand why this lady gets completely ghosted after the first date. I mean, 20 minutes in and she's already talking about how you have to convert to her religion or else she's never going to marry you. And honestly, it's way too soon to be thinking about that. And I would honestly react the exact same way if I was in this guy's shoes. And how can you seriously be so lazy that you don't just walk your dog in the first place? Like, there's literally no good excuse for that. It does not take a lot of effort to get the dog out of the house, go out to the front yard or whatever you have, and say, okay, go to the bathroom. And then if you wait long enough, guess what? That dog's going to use the bathroom. So good for the original poster for dodging like a thousand red flags. And thankfully, this guy found out what this lady's exactly like after the first date, instead of months later when you're just now realizing that this lady is actually insane. My boyfriend has suddenly changed his mind about moving with me for my dream school, despite telling me for years that he would do that for me. And now I honestly don't know what to do. So my boyfriend and I have been together since we were 17 years old. He's always known how it was my dream to go to this art school that I wanted to go to, which was in a different country. I spent the last few years working on my portfolio, whilst keeping up a part-time job to support myself for when I move. I've also always been supportive of my boyfriend, as he's in a local band, and I've always supported his stuff. We've talked about moving there together if I get accepted for years. He always had doubts about it, and said he's afraid he'll just miss home too much, but agreed that going there would help his music career as well. Now that I've gotten accepted and the plans to move after summer are starting up, he's having a lot of doubts. The usual
schedule being that he feels he will be too homesick, and even though he agrees moving will be the best thing for his music career, he doesn't know if he's ready to commit to this. He keeps making excuses for how we will be able to afford anything, despite me already having made plans for loans and a part-time job to sustain myself. It's clear he isn't sure if he can commit to moving with me, which made me very upset since we've been planning this for years, but also because I just can't do a long-distance relationship for an indefinite period of time. I'm just not the type of person who can handle that. He keeps saying how he loves me and doesn't want to lose me, but also isn't sure he's able to move with me, and he has also suggested that I just go to a different art school in our own country. He himself always talks about how he wants to settle down in our hometown and how he feels safe there, whilst I feel trapped and always have been wanting a way out. I don't know what to do, since part of me is doubting moving. He's my first boyfriend, and we have been through a lot together, and knowing that we'll break up if I move is absolutely heartbreaking. But if I don't go, I know for a fact that I will regret this. What should I do? In my opinion, you absolutely should follow your dream. Your boyfriend has been saying that, yeah, I'll move with you when the time comes, but clearly he has been lying to you. He was clearly just saying that just to make you happy. And yeah, you have it right. You will regret not going to the school that you got accepted to, that you have been dreaming of going to your entire life. And no guy should ever get in the way of that, in my opinion. In my opinion, he would absolutely make the sacrifice necessary to follow you to this art school like he said he was going to do if he actually had a desire to do that in the first place. Which I'm assuming, based on what you described, that that seriously was not in the cards. And also, for some context, the original poster is still very young. You are only 20 years old. You have a lot of time to figure things out. So in my opinion, it would be a massive mistake for you to turn down this art school because you've lived your entire life wanting to go to this. And to give that up all because some guy isn't willing to move with you would seriously be a mistake. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.